They say the best things in life are free, but that's not true. Go to patreon.com slash bmfcast and give us your goddamn money. Alright, welcome to the Bamfcast Variety hey. Hour. Yay, yeah, Variety Hour. Number 20. Ooh. 20. Yeah. Hooray, 20. 20 Finally. weeks. We've made it. Of this thing. 20 weeks worth of 2020 taken up by this. Mm-hmm. Hooray. So I'm Harlow. Ooh. I'm Mackie. I'm beat. <laughs> I'm so used to Mackie being here. Uh, not know. being here, rather. Uh, I'm BJ. I'm Chuck. Hi, Chuck. Hi. That's Chuckles over there, chuckling How's as he tries to yeah. say his name. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. We, we've got a really weird, random assortment of things to talk about this episode because we primarily spent the three and a half, four days of our last weekend pretty much just playing video games, mostly. Most of us. Yeah. yeah. Play Day weekend. Yeah. We Hooray! Video game weekend. Yeah, we decided to do a thing. Uh, you know, we talked about it on the other podcast, No Quarters, but I don't know how much we promoted it here. But yeah, it was just we normally go to a retro video game arcade pinball type convention thing once or twice a year, sometimes three. Uh, and yeah, since that can't happen, we were just like, let's pretend we're out of town. You know, don't make any plans. Play games all weekend. Tell the family. Mm-hmm. Tell everyone else, friends, whatever. Nope. I'm not here, <laughs> air quotes. So we did that, which yep. which means we didn't consume a lot of other content, really. So very little content. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but we had fun. Streamed with that. a lot of games. Yeah, streamed a lot of games. Played fun. stuff with uh, listeners. Yep. Some of it was just for us. We didn't necessarily stream it. It was just like, hey, we were still playing games, but you could join in if you wanted to. But we just wanted some downtime where we didn't have to feel on to perform. So you know, we did some offline co-op gaming or not non-streamed co-op gaming and stuff like that but uh in the future we we're still trying to figure out the logistics of doing this and how frequently we we would want to do it but uh one of the more fun things we did was playing some things from the jackbox party pack specifically quiplash uh with viewers because you really don't even need another copy of the game you just need to fire up twitch get your smart device and you can join in like you don't even have to have the game or anything so Mm -hmm. um yeah Yeah, that's super easy to do we had some fun with that and yeah consume some drinks things got a little raunchy like they do and uh yeah yeah and even if you're not part of the actual game itself one of the first eight you can still participate by hearing all the good jokes and voting on them yeah you can join the audience and play along play the home version of the game um yeah we'll we'll probably be bringing it back sometime in the future when we figure out how and when and how often we want to do it but yeah Mm. we will probably tweak some things because we had some issues where like we were trying to listen to the game audio but also party audio so it was like we were getting weird delay stuff except for the person who actually was streaming the game and so we're going to try to switch it over to pc where maybe we have a little more control over uh you know levels and things like that so yeah yeah i'll say that uh aside from when one of bj's streams got raided 
by a bunch of elite dangerous maniacs. Uh, Quiplash was our highest viewed stream by far. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Easily. Um, um, so go where the money is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was also just fun. And the fact that, like, you sure. Know, anyone can participate because like that was one of the big challenges we had is we like hey we think we're going to play this game and it's like well i've got an xbox i got it on ps4 and it doesn't have crossplay or if it does you can't choose to do crossplay it's just random yeah. crossplay so we were mm. like it, it threw a monkey wrench into a lot of things we were trying to do so we we did a little bit of friday the 13th on both platforms just to let different people join i think and stuff so yeah we how do those compare to the movies that's not a good game, but it's a fun game. Yeah. <laughs> like it's 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 really kind of basic. I mean semi basic. Like there's not a lot you can do, but there's a kind of a deceptive amount of things you can do as far as like ways to escape and things mm-hmm. like that. Like playing a counselor is actually kind of more fun because there's more of a challenge. Like Jason's just like, All right, superpowers, can I hear anyone? No. All right, go over here, look again. Do I hear you know, and then try to sneak up and murder him? You know, it's like yeah. it's not as much strategy. It's just like, well, I'm super powerful and try to murder the people in here. The other ones are like, Well, I gotta, you know, stealth a little bit, try to do this, try to do this and mm-hmm. yeah. So do they give you many ways to impale counselors? That's that's as pretty much Jason. like the unlockable stuff. Yes, like as you get as you get levels, you can buy different kills and also different kills based on which weapon you have. And then there's some environment kills, like if you're near a window, you can fatally defenestrate somebody. So, yes, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird because like, like you throw them through a window on the first floor, and it's like that would probably hurt a lot. I don't know about death, but maybe with Jason's strength through the glass, I, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, sweet. But yeah, we had, we had some fun, and and I think the best thing about that is just how good of an homage it is to those movies with the music and sound effects and stuff. It's just like there's a, it was the made attention by, to detail is yeah, on, is on point. It was it's, made by fans. I mean, it's yeah. just you know, mm-hmm. yeah. It's the downside is it was also made by fans. <laughs> so double edged sword. Yeah. There. <laughs> is there an unlockable bag head, Jason? Oh yeah, yeah. Like there's pretty much every Jason, and then even some I don't think necessarily exist. <laughs> like there's this flaming one that I'm like, is that? That's one that Tom Savini designed for the game. Oh okay. Basically, yeah. so, huh. uh, there's no Jason X because I think they got sued before they could complete that DLC. So uh-huh. yeah, yeah. There was a whole weird thing because I think the guy that like somebody that's like a screenwriter on the first one has like some ultimate copyright power to anything Friday the 13th. And they've, they've historically been a dick about it. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, so yeah, oh, it's just, it's just one of those situations where it's like one bad apple is kind of ruined, ruining a franchise because it's like that guy's just like my way. And it's like, why I did some reading nice about that. that. That guy's a weirdo. Yeah, like he like, doesn't think Jason should have ever been the killer. And I'm like, dude, this thing is making a fuck ton of money the franchise and everything like how how could you not how could you be like not my vision like dude just fucking go with it yeah plus your first movie wasn't that great <laughs> sorry to say yeah but anyway yeah yeah so that's video games but right, now onto the weird stuff we did actually watch i guess right mm-hmm. who wants to go mm-hmm. i vote bj because his sounds upbeat and more fun than what i watched oh man it is not um... oh no <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, I don't know if you guys uh, remember, but uh, the Netflix series Agretzko, which is based on a Sanrio character uh, that is a shouty red panda. I watched the the first two seasons. I really enjoyed them. Um, and 
the third season has just come out like uh last week i think it came out um and i actually finished it today and that's like if you had asked me up to up to like friday when i i got to episode i think eight finished episode seven we'll say um i'd have been like yeah sure it's it's upbeat it's actually like you know it's inspiring and good um man it takes a harsh dark turn in the last couple episodes um that i was like really not expecting and it's good like it's it's dramatically good um and there's some there are a couple decent comedic moments but it takes a turn that i was not expecting it starts out as like a really a really interesting like this season starts out as a really like damning sort of uh look at the way the world currently is not like necessarily the rona but um just the way the world is like it's a harsh capitalist hellscape um even without the rona and it and it tackles that in a very agretzko way i guess but it all sort of starts to take this swell and uh and it hits a point that is really pretty dark um it's not like i'm trying not to give anything away um Mm, of course so it's not like uh like stephen king book dark um or you know twisted horror dark it's just a um it just goes down a down a kind of dark path and it resolves okay um it feels like it might be a last season sort of thing but um the resolution brings it back up a little bit but it really they really hit a dark tone and it didn't quite recover um from that although like i said i enjoyed it it was good it was good drama it was just not the way i expected a season of agretzko to go um Mm. but if you you know if you like that if you like the first two seasons you're going to enjoy this it's just going to be a different um a bit of a different feel towards the end so be prepared Mm -hmm. for that uh i and i don't think i can say much more without um without revealing plot points that i think you should be surprised by whatever those happen to be um there is one one cool thing um one of the there's a new character this season there's a few new characters this season one of them is host or is it uh voiced by uh sung Wan cho who is pro zd on twitter who does a bunch of uh he does a bunch of hilarious anime related skits like you know mm-hmm. minute and a half or something skits on twitter um and he's also a, a quite prolific voice actor uh, really funny, but he does a voice on that show. And I was like, a few minutes into the first time I meet that character, I was like, I know that voice. What the fuck is that? That's every animated everything now. <laughs> yeah. And it, it sounds like him, but also, you know, he's a good voice actor, so it doesn't qu- quite sound like him. Um, doesn't quite sound like, you know, his, his normal voice. It just had enough of his timber i guess to uh to catch my ear but he does a great job um so if you like him you should also watch the show um most of the voice acting for the american cast is really really good watch Gretzko. it's anime maybe anime maybe anime maybe maybe not 
There it is. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's uh. a that's probably the most interesting thing I've I've watched recently. Other than twitch.tv slash no quarters net. <laughs> of course. The home of video games. I've heard. I, I've heard that they might play some there. Sorry, you I, you guys didn't directly plug the channel and I wanted to sneak it in. Oh, that's a good call. By all means. Stealth plug. <laughs> shall you continue? Or do you do you want to do you want to defer your time? I shall pass the torch and I will <laughs> jump back in. Okay. Because otherwise I'll be done talking for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Okay. He will yield his time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you still so, not wanting to get into the dark thing, whatever it is? Uh, it, okay. Sure, why not? Oh, okay. um, I, Jen and I have watched Immigration Nation on Netflix, six-part documentary about uh, how fucked the U.S. immigration system is. Yeah, it was a good time. It that was, sounds uh, like fun. Is that what you did for your birthday? <laughs> yes. I, I marathoned it, and I was like, man, I feel great about my life. Why are you doing this? <laughs> I don't know. Because every week it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I watch this thing where America sucks and everything's terrible. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's kind of ended up like that. I mean, open a window. It, the thing is, it's it's really well made, obviously. Um, it also, they give you hope. <laughs> there are points, like, there are, they aren't all just like, Yep, and then he crossed the border and died. You know, it's not all that, and it, or it's not like, hey, she made it, and then they would never let her family enter the United States. You know, it's there are some successful stories of people who actually have been able to get here and stay here, and or get here and then bring their family here. So it's not all doom and gloom, but it's also interesting because they present. Uh, you know, they follow ICE agents around and you get to know some of them. And you also get to know Brian Cox, who is the PR man for ICE, who is just the most lukewarm piece of steam shit on the planet. He just, if there's one person who just needs to die a painful, horrible death, it's probably him. Because um, he, like any, like, there's a thing where it's, he's like, yeah, well, we... Get that out there that ninety one percent of the people we arrested are 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 violent criminals, and it's like yes, that was in twenty eighteen. Like they kind of omit that stat that oh no, ever since then we've just started rounding up everybody. Doesn't matter if they have a criminal conviction or if they have a warrant or anything. It's just oh you're not uh you're not legal. Fuck you. We're getting you out of here. You know, and it's basically it. It documents how this has been happening since nine, like the mid '90s. They have a speech from Clinton about illegal immigrants and how they have to stop them, and you know all that bullshit that we've been hearing for decades now. And you know, and they make a point saying, you know, yeah, it got worse under Trump, but it never went away. <laughs> it's been here this whole time. And I think the biggest misstep that happens is they don't talk, you know, you keep hearing agents, you know, agents and people on the street and all this other shit where they're like, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for them coming here if they do it the right way, if they do it the legal way. They don't tell you about the right way, the legal way until the fifth episode, which is the second to last one, where it's basically under Trump, they shut that down. Like you get to the border, it used to be you get to the border, you could claim asylum. 
you would be allowed to come in. You would be, you know, documented uh, in a way so that they knew where you were. You'd have to check in all that. Now they basically said, nope, go back to Mexico, get yourself on the list and we'll be, we'll get back to you. So there's people obviously who've just been sitting on the list for three, four years, never made it in. And then there's illegal people who got in and basically have just been sitting in prisons for year and a half. Not a prison, haven't been charged with anything, but they haven't deported them either. They've been detained. Yeah, yeah. And how basically like they've, you know, families that got separated, you know, they get into getting some of them back together, but just the logistics of it seem like just, like the way they did it is just a fucked nightmare because it's like you know when you got like a three-year-old how the hell are you going to track down this kid to reunite them with their parent when you've already sent them to separate cities you know it's just and they talk about obviously the cruelty being the point that this is supposed to be a deterrent uh the things that they did where it used to be easy to get in in san diego but what they did is they basically funneled everyone out into the desert so it's like you know you come you cross in the desert and you're fucked your life is just, like, it's going to take you days of getting through the desert to get there. And you have to be avoiding helicopter patrols and motorbike patrols and just all that sort of shit. And yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. watching it. It's rough. But the one thing they do is they let basically all these ICE agents hang themselves with their own fucking words. You know, all the, all the bullshit that they say over and over, you know, and there, there is one guy at the very end who's basically like, yeah, I know the Nazis probably said the same stuff too. And it's like, well, at least you're self-aware about it guy, (laughs) you know, but there's some that are just like, man, just, you know, bullies with power now. And they're just laughing at these people who, whose lives they've destroyed. You know, they've taken away from their wife and kids who are, you know, American citizens and like, well, yep. Shouldn't have come here you fucked up, you know? And it's just like this, all this constant cruelty for no real reason, you know? Like there's a woman who brought her granddaughter over because basically the gangs were like, yeah, your 12 year old granddaughter, uh, she's going to marry my man in a month. We're coming back for, she's, she's his now. And so that, and, and she obviously said, no, you get the fuck out of my house. And they're like, well, we're going to come back and kill you. So she basically took her granddaughter and left that night and it's this little old lady and they basically sent her back. Like they, you know, they talk to her lawyer, they go through the whole process. And eventually the lawyer is like, yeah, they don't notify, they're, they don't, they're not required to notify me when they're sending her back. So they, they put her on a plane at three in the morning and fucking shipped her back. And you never find out what happens to her. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, it does a very good job of, of telling you the stories of these people both the agents and, you know, the people who have come here. And they focus on particular ones a lot, uh, you know, to, because you can follow their through line and see, okay, here's how they got in. Here's the process they went through. Here's where they were separated. Here's where they got them back together. You know, here's where they are now, all that sort of stuff. So it, you know, it's something that needs to be seen, I think, in terms of putting a face on these people that we just don't hear about. You know, you just hear, oh, they're illegal, they're aliens, you know, and that's it. And you know, that becomes the only thing. And, you know, people like us care about people on the border who, (laughs) you know, want to be reunited with their family because they came here because a, you know, they were going to die if they stayed where they were, they were going to be killed by gangs or, you know, B have no life to speak of there and spent basically their entire life savings to get to the U S you know? So it's just, 
It's or- tough, but it's also hopeful. But go ahead. Oh, just, uh, you know, or they walked from Honduras, mm-hmm. you know, to get to the United States. And like, yeah. fuck, I, all I had to do was be born here and I didn't even get a choice in that matter. Like if you choose to walk hundreds or thousands of miles to be an American citizen, uh, that's good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing is like, you only ever hear this Brian Cox guy talk about, you know, Oh, how many criminals that have come over and all the, you know, these violent, violent offenders that are here in, in, in the U S and it's like, you don't meet any of them. The only ones that you even kind of meet is one guy who works for the gangs where basically the gangs run the whole, the whole business of getting people across the border. So they've actually created income for them because they are the only way you can get across the border. And yeah, guess what? You got to pay them 10 grand to get there. And so they they're making money hand over fist just smuggling people into the US you know and if they die in the desert they die in the desert oh well you know it's 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 just it's a such a completely fucked system and you know it's punishing these people who really have done nothing wrong and had nowhere else to go you know it but it does you know it makes you wonder why why they'd want to come here <laughs> you know <laughs> to be totally honest it's like Yes, I, I I understand. Like it's it's shit wherever you are, but there's got to be somewhere else you can get to that's not the U.S. Because it's it's been made clear the U.S. is going to treat you like shit. And some of them, like the most infuriating one out of everything, is the episode that deals with military who were I, I military veterans that have been deported. Right. So I don't know if it's like they will, they'll let you in the military, even if you're an illegal immigrant. But as soon as something happens, one guy had like a pot conviction. He had possession of marijuana and he got deported to Mexico. And it's like, he's like, I was in the Marines for 12 years. I fucking, <laughs> I've, I've killed people for you, you know, in, in Iraq. And now you're just going to deport me because I, I had some pot on me. You know, you've basically said, yeah, you lived here all your life, but fuck you go to Mexico now. That's where you got to go now, you know? So it's just, it, it's a very difficult situation to watch, you know, to, to put yourself in the shoes of someone who basically grew up here and then is basically told, yeah, well, you have to go back to Honduras now, you know, because you happen to be at a house where they were raiding for somebody else who had an actual warrant, you know? So that guy was there. So they picked him up and now he's like, yeah, I, I don't speak Spanish. I, I, I don't know where I wouldn't even know where to go once I get there, you know, <laughs> and it's basically they've said, nah, fuck your life. This is it. So, yeah, it's it's a depressing show, but I think it's one of the, another one of those things that like needs to be watched to understand just how evil ice is. And that when an act, when a sheriff in North Carolina says we're going to stop cooperating with ICE. They're not allowed to detain people in our prisons. You know, that's, that's, that's the platform he ran on so, and he wins and they immediately just fucking swarm the town with ICE agents. Like just basically said, we're going to make this as bad as we possibly can for everyone there who might be an immigrant because, because they refuse to cooperate with us. So it's all bully tactics and bullshit and you will get angry watching it. <laughs> And I just, I wish they had shown the futility of, of trying to do it the right way that everyone says, you know, and all the agents say you should do, because it just shows how 
big a batch of fucking hypocrites they are every time they say that. And it should have been right from the first episode. Just so when every one of them opens their fucking ice mouths, you know, you go, okay, yeah, you're full of shit. They're ice holes. You're full of shit too. Yeah. Yes. Well, even, <clears throat> even from like, even the like easy immigrants, like people who come here on a visa and then, mm -hmm. you know, apply for residency and then apply for citizenship. It takes 10 years and 50 grand yeah. to do it the right way. Like, how is anybody supposed to afford that? Like, the few people I know that have gotten their citizenship um, are basically lucky that they were in a position where they were able to spend the time and spend the money to get their citizenship. Um, mm -hmm. Like, we're not a we're not a welcoming country. Like, it, it's no. not. It's not well, an easy thing to to immigrate here or to to work here. Um, the H one N is it H one N? I think it's H one N. H one N visas. Those have been drying up for mm -hmm. no good reason. Yeah. Um, the current administration has been uh, slowing those way down, and those are you know we there's such a large pool of tech workers and employees in general uh, across the US that um, that are made up of H1N visa uh, workers and the, mm -hmm. the the administration just dries that up like it's you know because for and there's no good reason for it like yeah it's not going to make anybody's situation any better it's only going to make things worse it's inscribed on like this big fucking green statue that everybody practically prays to in this country. It's like Statue of Liberty flag guns. That's mm -hmm. the triangle of the United States, right? And yeah. inscribed at the base of that statue is, you know, bring me your, your tired, your poor, your huddled masses. Um, yearning and to be free. Yearning to be free, yeah. Um, and we just fucking ignore that. In, yeah, for the sake of being shitty to brown people. Yeah, I mean that is really what it boils down to. Is it's yeah, it, you're <laughs> because I think, I think that's actually it's it's funny if you take one word of the entire inscription on the Statue of Liberty, yearn the people that are making this policy and have these anti-immigrant things have never yearned for a thing in their life. Yeah. They don't know what that concept is. I mean, like to need to want not to be on want, like to need to continue to live, you know, like yep. mm -hmm. I've never had that situation. Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, it shows how when you get a system that big, that's that broken, it becomes easy to justify your little evil cog in the machine to be like, oh man, you know, I used to not have to have to, I, I used to only arrest violent criminals, but now I have to bring all of them in because that's, that's my job, you know, and it becomes just, well, that's my job. That's the guy upstairs said I got to do it. So, you know, and it becomes easy to be like, yeah, well, sorry, I got to take this, this mother and father away from their child, but that's my job, you know, and it just, you hear that a lot throughout that whole thing that, you know, well, I didn't make the rules. I, you know, I just enforce them. And it's like, yeah, well, <laughs> if the rules are fucked, hmm. you're still part of it. How did that defense work at Nuremberg? Yep. Yeah. 
but but they i mean they it, it is funny how strategically they deploy like civil rights lawyers and other activists in the editing as far as like you know an ice agent will say this and then they'll they'll the civil rights lawyer will be like yep that's that's pretty much a standard uh standard response you know a dehumanizing response to this because they can't, you know, they can compartmentalize their little bit and they can go home and feel fine about it because, well, I didn't do the really bad part. That was somebody else, you know, and they just, they, they do that a lot. And there's just, there's so much corruption on every level that it's, it's, I didn't even get into a whole other thing with wage theft as far as, but they cover a ton of stuff in that six hours. And the majority of it is infuriating, but there are awesome people in this country that are fighting it. And that's the best part is watching this one girl in North Carolina who just follows ice around broadcasting their stuff to Facebook all day long <laughs> and asking them, you know, and yelling at the people, you don't have to answer any of their questions. You have the right to ask for a lawyer. She's like shouting all this in Spanish and she just follows ice around all day doing it. And I'm like, this, this, this girl is my fucking hero. <laughs> so there are there are good people in this as well. It's not all misery and suffering and America sucks. You know, there's plenty of good people here and they do get showcased in that show as well. Cool. But yeah, it was fun. Good times. That's, sounds yeah. like it. Cool. Hey, it was better than watching The Hobbit. I can agree. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sick burn. Uh, while we're talking about documentaries, just real fast, um, yeah. I've I've watched the first three episodes of The Vow, the new series that's on HBO about the mm. Nexium cult thing. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm starting to sense a pattern in HBO documentaries. Um, it, it sounds like maybe perhaps the Netflix one suffers a little bit from this too, but that documentary is like very strangely produced because the entire first episode, it's just like, oh, all right, this is some new age bullshit, you know this is a little weird, but all right, you know, seems harmless enough. And it's not until like the very end of this entire, and these are our hour, hour, full hour long episodes. It's not until like the very end of the second episode before it like gets into the, what the fuck, you know, level of like, <laughs> you know, what the fuck is actually happening here. Uh, and it's like, mm -hmm. it just keeps going on and on. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm crying and I'm sad and I don't know why. And it's like, I don't know why either. Cause I mean, I, I heard about this, but not a lot, you know, I didn't like dive into the minutia of this whole thing when it came to light so I'm, I'm i'm relying on this documentary series to tell me about it and it's like it's not until episode three where it's like all right now we're into the sex cult branding weird shit like what the fuck is happening thing and it's like wow you, you track that out for a while like <laughs> for a while i'm just like yeah this is weird but you know seems you know semi-harmless enough other than like a you know people's meaningless struggle to find me you know find meaning in life you know like here take some money tell me what life is about you know people will always fall for that you know in whatever form you know so mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. yeah but yeah it's it's a strange documentary like i'm i'm now compelled to keep watching but i was like getting to the point where i was like are you gonna tell me like why or how this is bad eventually because like right now you're not really doing it you know it's it's odd just not bad yet and then all of a sudden it's like okay now we're in criminal territory gotcha okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> like before it was just like, yeah, I could see how you could get away with this. And it's just kind of, you know, just seems like a scheme, you know, and then it's like, oh, all right. No, now it's evil. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. 
it's all right. I mean, it's just how many weird. episodes are there going to be? I, I honestly don't know. Like, it's one of those I, mm-hmm. I haven't looked to see, like, how many it's going to be total. Um, yeah, I just I mean, in a way, like McMillions kind of felt like that, where it's just like, you're like, get to like the thing, the connective tissue, like you've set this up for far too long. Like, tell me something. Yeah, I got to like, you know, there's only so much you can like keep my attention without giving me anything like little crumbs, you know, to like to like to tell me what the fuck this is actually about. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. some of some of these things, I'm just saying, like, maybe they don't need to be six, eight part things, you know, like get to the meat a little faster, you know, <laughs> just like, yeah, I don't know. Like McMillian, McMillian seemed like it went on a little too long, like especially the way it's just kind of like a yeah, all right, here's how it happened, you know, like ending thing where it's just like you could have yeah, said M- that McMillian's you, like could have said that yeah. two hours ago and it would have been fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah McMillian's they, had me up until like the last episode, yeah, and then yeah. the last episode's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. here's how they did, not that big a deal anyway. Yeah, you, you figure that last episode is going to be a fucking Ocean's Eleven heist, yeah. and it's just oh, he bothered this lady and. Yeah, but um, yeah. As far as to, like other things, I actually watched. Unless you want to go, Chuck? No, nah, not yet. <laughs> All right. Well, as I as I said, uh, I think last episode, uh, I needed to get back to my let's mine my random iTunes movies that I happen to own uh, mm-hmm. thing. So I I did that, <laughs> and I it was weird because like you know you know me I tried to find patterns where there probably aren't any, <laughs> so. Uh, the first thing I watched and you're going to go like, all right, I, I had never seen the movie. I love you, man. But yet I had it. The one with Paul Rudd and Rashida Jones and Jason Siegel. Oh, where, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Paul Rudd's I like saw the, that in the theater. Yeah. Paul, yeah. Rudd's, Paul Rudd's the guy that's date. like getting married and like realizing he doesn't have any guy friends, really. Yes. You know? And it's yeah. just like, oh, well, who's going to be your best man? He's like, uh, and just like goes on a series of adventures to find a friend. And I don't know. It's. It's a cute movie, sort of. I mean, it's not like it's not life changing. It doesn't really have any deeper meaning. In fact, actually, if like you really break it down, it's kind of a shitty message when it's all said <laughs> and done in a way like it's it's just kind of strange because like clearly the, the point of the it's it's like a reverse romantic comedy. And it's almost in that realm of like what I was saying I want romantic comics to be, which is like, here's a person that possibly has problems and needs to fix themselves, not change be changed by the other person to fit into the mold that they would like them to be. You know, that's, that's the thing I hate where it's just like, Oh, he's, he could be so perfect. If only he was completely opposite everything about him. <laughs> you know, It's like maybe find somebody who's already there and not disrupt this guy's life or whatever. But this is like, <laughs> you know, he's kind of broken in a way just in, in terms of like, he doesn't know how to deal with men or have male friends or whatever. And he's a little uptight and all this, but it's like, they go a little hard and like the here's how you need to loosen up a little bit. Like I get that, like you need to loosen up and maybe not take things quite so seriously, but they give him a guy who's just like, well, he's not a role model. Like this isn't like, you shouldn't want to be this guy. Like he's the guy who's like walking his dog down the Venice Venice boardwalk, just letting him shit everywhere. Not picking up. It's like, this is not the direction (laughs) you need to go with your life. Like, you know, like maybe loosen up a little bit, but also don't be an asshole. Like there's a, there's a fine line. Like it's just, it's a, it's a weird thing. And it's like, Ends up Maybe kind they of being a, to help each other. Yeah, a little bit, but they don't really kind of get there completely. Like, you know, I like know. The, all it really sums up at the end is like, without spoiling it, I mean, spoilers, you know, he, he makes a friend and they get married, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, nothing like nothing shocking happens by the end of that movie. But like he has a speech at the end. It's like, yeah, he called me out on some of my bullshit and that helped. And it's like, 
does that mean you're a better person now? Like, you know, like <laughs> just being called out on it is probably not going to change who you are. It's just, they'll, they'll, the, the big things I will say about it is I did not expect the sheer number of comedy people to show up in it that do like, it's just like, Oh it's shit, you called in the entire <laughs> uh, cast of the state and you know, like every, like every other, like upright citizens brigade people are there. And it's like, it's like, every, like every comedy person ever is like showing up somewhere in that movie. It seems like it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's really weird to go back and watch just like, Oh shit, it's Aziz Ansari and <laughs> this guy. And like, are there all these people in the background? Andy Samberg is his brother, you know, like all this stuff. So yeah, it's, it's fine. They go see Rush, huh? They yes, go they see do. Rush. They, they do go see Rush. There's a lot of Rush in that in that movie. <laughs> a, little, a little too much Rush in that movie. Yeah. yeah. So, but um, as I was scrolling down, I was like, "Well, this is kind of a romantic comedy, but it's also kind of a bromance more than like you know." He and Rashida, like Paul Rudd and Rashida Jones, are are fine. Like they're they have like a brief yeah, they like. Are. Well, I was saying like yeah, Rashida Jones is amazing, <laughs> but um, but and so is Paul Rudd, um, but. Like, like they have like this mild spike of like, oh, we had a mild fight, and it's like, yeah, that's resolved like a day later. So like, there's really no romantic comedy tension things are there. It's it's all this like bromance thing between Paul Rudd and Jason Segel. So on the semi reverse side of that, as I was perusing my movies, um, I decided to kind of kill two birds. I thought maybe I didn't know anything about this movie, but I thought maybe it was going to be like a a lady mance, <laughs> a, a, a womance, um, womance, there womance. You go. yeah. Um, and I, I, I watched, uh, and I can never remember which name is first, but it's Julie and Julia. It's Nora Ephron's last, last movie. Somehow oh, yeah, was yeah, in yeah. my fucking iTunes library. Um, right. That is a weird ass movie. Uh, basically in terms of like, it's, they took two books and made one movie. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like half of it is. Like the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just like the Bible, Chuck. Um Basically, half of it is a is a quasi biopic about uh, Julia Child, and yeah. played by Meryl Streep. So I also checkmark watched hey, the Meryl right. Streep movie. So that's why I was like, I'm going to kill two birds. I was like, I own a Meryl Streep movie I've not seen, so not one of the good ones, really. But uh, <laughs> like, sorry, I mean, I'm not going to shit on Nora Ephron. Just I'm sure she up, was up for an Oscar up. for that, probably. But yeah, so it's like this biopic <laughs> with her playing Julia Child and Stanley Tucci as her her man, you know, husband, and like. You know, it's like there's this period piece documentary, and then on the flip side, it's like it's Amy Adams in 2002 because it's like she's working for some government agency that's responsible for like post 9 11 calls in New York. So, like, she's just living this awful, like, everybody's calling and crying or angry or whatever all day, and just go home, goes home and starts like cooking to relax, and then sets up this self project of like i'm gonna go through julia child's entire cookbook in one year and make like 548 recipes or some shit and just Mm -hmm. you know start this blog and that's gonna give me a reason to live and get through this shit because like she wants she wanted to be a writer and then just ended up in this like office job so it's like you've got these two completely divergent movies like happening simultaneously and they they don't really ever really come together like i mean it's not like at the end it's like hey she met julia child you know like you know like (laughs) Here she is, like, here's Meryl Streep in super old lady makeup, you know, like, or something like that. But, uh-huh. yeah, it's it's fine. It's a Nora Ephron movie. I mean, I, I don't have anything against the late Nora Ephron at all. I'm just saying, like, you know what you're, you, you know what you're getting. I mean, for the yeah. most part, it's like, this is popcorn level, you know, confectionery stuff. You know, I mean, it's just like, yeah, that's sweet, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm starting to. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to preface this statement with I am hardly an expert. I have admitted the, the lack of Meryl Streep movies I've seen in my life. But based on the ones I'm seeing, I do not understand it because I don't know. I'm, I'm saying I do not understand her appeal. And I will say this because like everything I've seen her in, she is breaking the cardinal rule of being an actor, which is don't look like you're acting. That's the you're just supposed to be natural. And like so many times, like it's a thing I heard somebody say, but it was like, you watch the movie Rain Man and, and everyone's like, oh, Dustin Hoffman is doing a thing and give him an Oscar. But it's like, no, Tom Cruise is actually doing better acting because he just seems like a guy who's having to deal with this situation and it's more believable. Like you don't look at him and go like, hey, man, Tom Cruise, way to act. You know, it's just like he's just there and seems believable and has to deal with Raymond, you know, and it's like you know, the other guy, it's like, look at him acting, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like. It's Dustin Hoffman, but he's doing a thing. And that's mm. everything I've seen with Meryl Streep so far. It's like, you're doing a thing. And it's clearly, like, it doesn't feel natural. I mean, granted, I will go back. Speaking of Nora Ephron, maybe I should go watch, like, Silkwood or one of, like, one of her first movies. Like, you know, like, when that's when Meryl that, Streep was good. You know, like, yeah, I'm not going to judge Meryl Streep on, like, latter day. Like, oh, I'll show up and do a thing. Yeah. yeah. Do you <laughs> think it's a thing like how Jack Nicholson became? Where it's like, we got you because you do this. A little bit, but I mean, she's still clearly like, 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 especially in this, it was like, she was clearly like thinking she's like getting into this role and it's like, no, you're just doing a weird voice, you know, <laughs> like, you know, I'm doing a child voice, you know, it's like, okay, great. Fantastic. It's like Julia Child, but spooky. Yeah. <laughs> That's Julia Child. I mean, Julia Child is a weird voice. Yes, I know. Because she's like, American. That's the weird thing. I always thought she was British. And that movie starts and it's like, you know, I was like, I really don't know much about Julia Child. And I was like, she's fucking American with that weird voice. And I was like, <laughs> it's like, like, what part of America had that voice ever? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess she just lived all over Europe. So she just probably had a weird accent from her. You know, her husband was like in work for the, uh, you know, State Department. So like went from embassy to embassy. That's how she ended up in Paris and so found her love for French cooking. Pieces of yeah. accents all over the world. Maybe. And yeah. Brought yeah. them home and was like, woo. He's <laughs> in my voice now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's fine. Like it was just this, it was a thing. It was a little too long for like that kind of movie, you know. Like, but then again, it's two movies, <laughs> and it has this weird weirdest like text crawl at the end. It's like it's talking about what the author lady who wrote the blog, and then of course you know immediately like, oh, you're popular. You write a book, you know, and you know gain some fame after the thing. And like the very last thing, it was like, and her story was made into a movie. I'm like, so fucking shit it was. Like, I just sat here for two hours watching it. Which movie? <laughs> for half a second, that's what I did. I was like, what movie? I should she watch that. another oh, movie. Wait. You meant this. <laughs> shit. By the way, I, uh, Meryl Streep nominated for an Oscar. For, <laughs> for, for Julie and Julie. <laughs> of course, yeah. But I, I do miss that era of like, you know, the, the 2000s where it was just, I'm going to do a dumb thing for like a year and I'm going to write a blog about it and somehow it's going to become a book deal and all this other shit like that's that that well is gone. Oh, like yeah. there's, you know, yeah. you'd be like, I'm going to only watch movies from 1990 for a year and I'm going to do a <laughs> podcast about it. That's and then fucking nobody cares. Stupid. No, literally like, nobody cares. Who would do such a stupid fucking thing? I bet I if you told somebody about it. <laughs> 
literally no. anyone about nope. it, somebody might give a shit. Nope. It would have had to have been 2014 or earlier. That's the only time it would have worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do it Fuck in 2015, asses. you're a fucking idiot. Like, you, you've, you've, you're killing yourself for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Coincidentally, I want to point out that, like, you know, BJ loves to introduce Sandra Bullock as my future wife or ex-wife, Sandra Bullock. Ex-wife, yeah. Future uh, ex-wife, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Whatever designation that you're sudden, somehow going to meet Sandra Bullock, marry her, and then decide to divorce her for whatever reason. I'm not going to decide to <laughs> no, divorce she's, her. No, she's, she's going to decide to divorce wise up. <laughs> Let gotcha. me be perfectly clear. Okay. okay. I am gotcha. going to manage by the greatest luck of my entire life and probably using up my future generations of luck mm -hmm. to fool her into thinking <laughs> that I'm worthy of marriage. Mm -hmm. And then she will wise up real quick and divorce me and possibly have me killed. Okay. Yeah. Why, why Which I will deserve. <laughs> Sorry. Wasn't that her in that movie? While you were what? sleeping? Is yes. that her? Yeah. I just, she's going to have me murdered. And I said, while you were sleeping. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, I said all that to say, like, I, I would go ahead and I'm not sure I'm in, entirely with your plan because you always just kind of said that I, this is the first time I've heard the the back meeting of your, your future plans with Sandra Bullock. But I was going to throw my hat that I would say, you know, I would like to refer to Amy Adams as my future wife or ex-wife. That's yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and put that on paper. Yeah. I mean, it's not a all machination. Right. It's just what's going to happen. Sure. OK. OK. Fair enough. Yes. On a long enough timeline in a number of infinite universes. There is one that exists where that happens. Yeah, I would put it, I would put Rashida Jones on that list too, because you know how cool fucking cool it'd be to date and or marry Rashida Jones because like just in that one beautiful package there is like there's so much history there. You know she's 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 the daughter of Quincy Jones and you know the Mod Squad lady. I mean it's like it's that's fucking cool. I'm just saying like you know like how much history is like in that person she's fucking like has led, led to like a rad life you know yeah like she should marry her for some stories i'm saying like you know you would never run <laughs> out of things to talk her about so you can her. hang out with her dad be <laughs> like dude off the wall am i right yeah <laughs> like seriously yeah. like it, it would be a, she, she would dump me within a week because i would just be like holy shit can you tell me about this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about the time you met this person tell me about that story i'm pretty sure that's why nick cage and lisa marie got divorced because he was just like so what was elvis's dick like huh? <laughs> wait she's his daughter right <laughs> yes okay <laughs> i'm just just clarifying there <laughs> I'm, that's why they broke up because he pushed it too far all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm just saying rashida jones is fucking cool like it's like there, there's a lot of history no disagreement. That, that awesome lady yeah. it's just weird to want to marry someone for stories <laughs> not really not really that's fucking cool like i mean how many other people have like that like the, has lived the life and met the people that that lady has met not many like you know i mean she yeah. was probably like a little girl hanging out with like you know all these like you know Bowtown people like you know cool people and shit you know like that's that's rad probably rad yeah yeah anyway yep that's the weird random ass movies I watched okay is it am, am I the only one left I reckon so okay I watched some spooky movies congratulations <laughs> I watched some new spooky movies nuki movies nuki movies. <laughs> Yeah. Which ones? Uh, I'll go in release order. Uh, I watched 2020's The Grudge. They uh, that was the that Grudge. was this year. They yeah. did that this year. It came out in January. Oh. I didn't even know that came out. 
No, I knew it was dumped. out. I just thought How it was, was like sometime it? last year. Yeah. yeah, they dumped that shit in January, and there's a reason they dumped it in January. It fucking sucks. Oh. <laughs> so, Did you like the original Grudge? Or the uh, or the well, there's the Japanese Grudge. And I've then never seen the, the Sarah Michelle Geller Grudge. Right. I've never seen the original Grudge trilogy. Okay. Uh, I have seen. It's called the, the Grillogy. Thank you very much. <laughs> I have seen the three initial American remakes. I love the the Sarah Michelle Geller original remake a lot. I really mm-hmm. really like that. The two sequels are trash. And this is kind of trash too. It's so. Is it just another straight remake, or is it like a continuation in some weird uh, way? It's weird because so it kind it it wavers back and forth between 2004 and 2006, and they kind of hint that it's still related to the original Grudge remake. Okay, but it's basically there's a lady who comes out of the original house at the beginning and says, I'm sad. I'm coming home and goes to just the Midwest to hang out with her family. And it's just, now it's grudge in a different house. And it's a bunch of just terminally sad people throughout the entire movie getting grudged. It's just, they all have. (laughs) So they really are terminally sad. (laughs) Yes. Well, they're all, they all have some horrifically tragic backstory. So they're just, in every scene, they're sad, and then suddenly they get grudged. It's just, they go into the house, and it's like, whoops, grudged. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> you brought the grudge home with you, and now your kid got grudged. And That's a lot of grudging. It's just... <laughs> they be grudging. <laughs> <laughs> it's so pointless. It. I, I just... I. I I understand you own a property, and you're like, hey, maybe we should get that going again. But... There was no idea. The only idea in this thing seemed to be, what if we remade The Grudge again, but really, really, really made it an American remake instead of just put a couple of American actors into the Japanese situation? And it, it, like, it doesn't come up with any kind of lore or anything. It's just like, you've seen The Grudge. You know what's happening here. They're getting grudged. <laughs> and it's like, okay, that sucks. I... It's lousy. It's loud and obnoxious, and everyone's sad, and it's lousy. So, well, thank you for the grudge report. Sure, no <laughs> I think the God the best... damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I actually do want to ask. Did you ever watch the? Uh, is it Rings? Was the last thing from the Rings? Yes, universe? Rings was the most recent Ring. Did you movie. watch that? I have not seen. Oh, okay. That. So I was just I'm, curious I'm... how that went. Like, if that's like part of the. Naomi Watts Ring Universe. <laughs> Ain't nobody what? ever talked about that movie. Mm. Like I okay. constantly like when I see it, I'm like, oh right. Rings, <laughs> it's yeah. like that mummy movie. It's like the one with Jet Lee. It's like, oh yeah, they made that, huh? <laughs> this grudge is gonna be that. It's gonna be like, oh right, they made another one of those. Mm. I I already did that. That's what yeah. I did when you said that. Yeah. Like I knew it it's existed. Like, oh. I just I thought it was like it our it just seemed further away long ago. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, well, everything seems long ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I that didn't... movie came out in theaters. <laughs> mm. Oh, what were those? <laughs> and people could have gone to see it there. They didn't. Um, so then I uh, I watched uh, the remake of Fantasy Island, which I believe Harlow you've talked about. I did. Christ, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I, I am totally on board with the idea of if you're going to remake Fantasy Island, make it a spooky thing because like a regular ass remake of Fantasy Island, who gives a shit? Because that show isn't 
you can't do that as a movie for one and for two like who cares it's that whole notion of like the love boat and fantasy island where you know celebrities show up and and their wishes are granted and and then they go off on adventures like who that sh- that could never happen the television doesn't work like that anymore um so yeah they made a spooky version of fantasy island that is just straight garbage and like, I, th- I thought it was like, a little better than that. I mean, I don't know. It's like a as not. I think if you divorce it from Fantasy Island, I don't think it's like total garbage. Well, see, okay, see, so here's the problem. Like, for ninety percent of that movie, it could have just been called Spooky Island. It could have been yeah. called anything. They didn't have to get the 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 bits where they have to tie it into the Fantasy Island ref or, or lore yeah. are the worst parts of it. Mm-hmm. But they just they come up with this story about how they come up with lore for the island as to why things are happening and it's it's I don't need that and it's dumb and the way all the 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 stories in the movie intersect is super obvious you could see it coming a mile away you're just like oh that's going to happen and that's how this person that's that and then every little mini story that they're telling just makes you think of something else the entire time you're like Oh, this is that movie Frequency, or oh, this is Lost. You will say, oh, this is Lost a bunch of times because it is super duper Lost on many occasions. Uh, when they start getting to the point where people are in flashbacks and all interacting with one another, I'm like, okay, Lost, <laughs> stop it. Uh, there are some super superfluous characters in this who are like. Hey, Michael Rooker's in this. Oh, nope. Michael Rooker's no longer in this. Why was he in this? I don't know. See a Michael Rooker. <laughs> it's, man, I, the, the beginning of 2020, as far as horror movies go, did not start well. Mm. Uh, Invisible Man's pretty good. Sure. I haven't gotten there yet, but, okay. uh, but yeah, just like, it, for, for like major studio releases, like The Grudge and Fantasy Island, it's like, nope, neither of those well, it's not, been... it's not the time of year they put out the good ones, really. <laughs> Generally I speaking, I mean, yeah, the beginning of the year is not when it's like horror movie rich with the good ones. Yeah, but every once in a while they figure like, what if we throw one of these out in February and it makes a hundred million dollars? Because that happens every the so Invisible often. Invisible Man, but... they did that. Was like, yeah. Hey, this is a good movie. Yeah. So yeah, both of those are bad. Um, I watched a movie called Billy Frankenstein, which of course is fucking trash. <laughs> it's a Fred Olin Ray kids movie. <laughs> oh, that's Billy great. Frankenstein. <laughs> It's just fucking trash. How does it compare to Yo Frankenstein? Uh, I, I it has a smaller budget. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> is Aaron Eckhart in it? No, he is not. Is there a Billy Frankenstein's monster? Sort of. Okay. Yeah, who's Billy Frankenstein? Hey, explain to us his relation to the Frankenstein family. So Billy Frankenstein's dad works too much, uh, oh, and no. but it turns out they are related to the actual Victor Frankenstein's uh, and are the, like the last living heirs. So they inherit some estate and there's some scheme that the town wants to take the Frankenstein estate, but also the monsters out there and he needs to be revived and only the Frankensteins can do it. And it's just a dumb kids movie. It's I'm just always amazed at the opposite ends of the Fred Olin Ray spectrum of just banal kids crap and just, tits galore like how he makes these two totally different movies sometimes on the same set like i've seen this house in other movies 
that have tits in them. And I'm like, you should not be filming kids movies here. <laughs> like right over there by the fireplace, there were titties everywhere. It's like the opposite of sacred ground. <laughs> yes. It's just, it's just like, I hope you wipe down everything in that house because uh, there were just fucking tits everywhere. I, I mean, tits don't really contaminate anything. <laughs> I'm just saying. Their presence. You, you, I mean, you know, kids are generally big fans of them, especially the small ones, you know, like. They, they Still, need them to, it's just food. weird when you recognize the staircase that two people simulated fucking on and the kids sitting on it. You're like, hey, no, don't sit there, kid. <laughs> All right. Butts were there. <laughs> Naked butts. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's it's garbage. All three of those movies are garbage. Don't watch any of them. This is why I don't talk about movies on the show because they're all trash and I can't recommend anything. It's all because you're not sucks. watching the good ones. We tell you good ones to watch, and you're like, I don't. <laughs> I want to watch garbage. There was no reason to believe that The Grudge and Fantasy Island would be total trash. I I find Blumhouse movies to be good, and I like some of the Grudge movies. And I figured, obviously, they have an idea for this; otherwise, they wouldn't have made it. So I thought, give it a shot, and it sucked. That's all I got. All right. Did we do it? Do we do we make an episode? Is yeah, this, I think we yeah. made an episode. Yeah? Okay. I sure. have I have decided that I'm gonna hold off on judgment of high scores until I can maybe finish the first episode and then watch another one. So That's not promising. But <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna give know. it a shot. <laughs> it might get better. There's some interesting stuff in the first episode, like some interesting facts um and learning some history of a couple specific people is really interesting but so far it's got that it's got a presentation that just bothers me there's something about documentary filmmaking in this year uh slash the last few years that is i don't know the style is wearing on me so i think is that's it, it is it overproduced Maybe, yeah, like, sort of like, uh, we've all watched, like, The Toys That Made Us, at least yes. some of that. Like, that Those style, are overproduced. <laughs> that style is, it's just, there's something about it that's too much, and it, I can, I can get by if it's something that's really interesting, like, The, the Toys That Made Us was really interesting, but... Fuck, man. I grew up with video games. I've heard so much shit about video games in the last my entire life that you got to make it really, you know, you got to make it really worth my time. I just call so my uncle, far. man. He he works at Nintendo. He tells me everything I need to know. Yeah? Yeah, like how to get the Master Sword and Zelda and stuff. And like the secret codes so you can play as Zelda. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was well, a big one. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so I, is Paul Shear? interviewed in that <laughs> one so far no thank fuck if he shows up i am going to delete it from netflix okay whatever i that will takes. say he does not show up in immigration nation <laughs> well that's a relief yeah yeah he show up in the grudge <laughs> no did he get grudged oh he doesn't get grudged he does not get grudged that's, that's i didn't shame. get a chance to sneak this in while you're talking about the grudge but uh -huh. the best thing about the grudge is the the verbing of the word grudge, like someone getting grudged, just yeah. Well, I mean, you know exactly just, what I mean when I say well, you, that. You it's like, get grudged or you get I just got grudged. You know? <laughs> like you know, you're watching There's... TV and you get ringed. Like somebody comes climbing out exactly. of your TV. Exactly, it's the same. Yeah. You know exactly. exactly. Oh, you get you Jasoned. Ringed. You get ringed. Yep. You get yep. grudged. Yeah. Yep. 
it's all hilarious to me. Good. I love it. Glad I provided that for you. It, I was trying so hard not to just cackle while you were talking about it because you said grudged like eight times within the span of a minute and a half. A lot of people was, get grudged. <laughs> it was killing me. <laughs> All right, I got one totally random thing oh, that sure. I have to drop here. Okay. Not even a thing I watched, but Letterboxd. <laughs> I found like a Star Wars Episode Two Defender who got in a huge argument with me and uh, uh, Oob is his name, O-O-B. Used to be, I guess, Ubawa. <laughs> anyway, like he's one of those people I only know on Letterboxd, but I know he listens to the show. I need him to email me because I have to talk about this and I didn't want to have the conversation on Letterboxd because then this is idiot would keep responding to it and telling us how like our takes are garbage and we're worthless people because we made fun of episode two. Mm-hmm. Wait, so, so there's a... Yeah. So there's three people in this story. There's you. Yes. The idiot and Oob. Yes. Okay. All right. So Oob's on your side in that episode yes. two sucks. Oob is the listener, wrote a scathing review of episode two. Okay. And then this guy responded and told him how he was a garbage person and his review was garbage. And then <laughs> me and another person were just like, who the fuck are you? What are you talking about? <laughs> like episode two is not like some feminist masterpiece. What the fuck are you talking about, guy? <laughs> yeah, it, it's he, his reviews out there. I, and yeah. I was told I need to read all the other uh, positive reviews of episode two to understand why it's not garbage and it's actually a masterpiece. And I'm like, okay, um, sure. Either way, <laughs> I need Oob to email me because I need to talk to him about this. I need to have a private conversation and Letterboxd is not a place for that at all, unfortunately. Well, because it's like are- a double-edged... Sorry. No, what do you... Go ahead, please. I was about to launch into the, uh, into the outro. That's all. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you will in a second. But either way, like Letterboxd, <laughs> you can't, like, it's a blessing and a curse that you can't private message people there. Mm. Because thank God people can't private message me because I, I, thank God. But <laughs> it's also like, you know, like you can't block people. You can't, like, there's a lot of features I feel like they need. Yeah. Blocking people would be most welcomed. Yeah, yeah, but I, th- there are times where I like I need to I need to email this person privately because holy shit. I mean, I honestly fuck? would be okay with Letterbox if like you lo- you got to log in and just be like put it in diary mode. I just mm-hmm. want to keep track of my shit. I don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks about anything. Yeah, just like, make I, it I just, log. I just want to have a, a quick and easy way to log what movies I'm watching and ma- you know if I want Can to. Can you venture, make account, an account private? I guess not. Well, I'm just saying, like no. you know, like I don't want to like click on a movie and see other people's opinions. I just want it to go in like full on diary mode. Like I, you don't have to, you don't need to see my stuff. I don't need to see your stuff. I just want it to be a film diary with all the relevant information already plugged in for me. You know, I believe there's a diary page, mm-hmm. but yeah. still, you have to you have to go there. Right. Right. Um. As opposed to it just being the front page. Um, yeah, that's... It's a social site, so you need the ability to block people. Mm-hmm. And you need the ability to filter some shit out. Because yeah. otherwise, it turns into every other fucking nightmare garbage social site there is. Which it's is getting all there, because, man, I am so tired of reading... I'll watch some movie that was obviously filmed 
for $12 on a VHS camera and people are like, five stars, the mastery behind this is just, and I'm like, man, fucking launch this person into the sun. I don't want to read your trolling, ironic bullshit about something someone filmed in their fucking garage in an afternoon and somehow made its way into the IMDb and on Letterboxd. Yeah. I'm a pay, I'm a paying member. Like paying members should have those features. Like at the very like I I I give Letterbox money because I'm mm-hmm. like they are providing me with a service that I use all the time. But yeah. also I'm like, what am I getting for this money besides a little badge that says I pay Letterbox money? I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing is you can filter your incoming uh thing to not have like oh they liked this review all that oh, right. like you can't do any of that if you're just a regular right. plebe. But oh, anyway, Oob, email me. BJ is about to tell you where you can email me. If you are Oob <laughs> and you would like to email Mackie, you should email us at bmf at bmfcast.com. If you are a listener and you would like to email us about something else, bmf at bmfcast.com. <clears throat> if you would like to just visit the website and see what we're up to, just go to bmfcast.com. There are a whole bunch of buttons on the right-hand side that will tell you what we're up to including the the socials link to discord all that good stuff um if you would like to express your what bfcast hotline yeah i'm getting there thanks (laughs) appreciate it i've only been doing this 85 years i had to take a breath it's It's only been 20 weeks (laughs) that's it if you would like to express yourself with language in a vocal manner. Call the BFCast hotline, 9105 Jocks BMF or 9105569263. Talk to Garfield. Yeah. And uh, he will relay want, your thoughts to us. You want to give us a little oral, you know, call the BFCast hotline. Yes. Yeah. Um, see, that really threw my train off. Um, <laughs> yeah, you started to think about blowies and shit. <laughs> I, I did. I did. Um, Think about all the listeners who want to suck us off. Um, <clears throat> I mean, yeah. that's not feasible in these Rona times, but what's almost as good oh, as blowjobs... Worry. You can stay six feet away from me. It's no problem. <laughs> what's almost as good as blowjobs is money. So you can give us money at patreon.com slash bamfcast. Please blow our wallets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> blow your wallets into our wallets? Yes. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> Let's rub our wallets together and see what happens. Right. Oh, Drop your, your money tongue with our Patreon. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Shove your money tongues into our wallet buttholes. Right. The thing that I said all that's those years ago. Still a thing that exists. <laughs> that's hey, definitely kids. getting grudged right there. Yeah, that's definition of getting grudged. Yeah. But anyway, uh, patreon.com slash bmfcast. It helps pay the bills. Uh, we appreciate it. And yes, you get extra we, stuff. We very much do. We show our appreciation by giving you extra content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get out of here, shall we? Let's. Okay. I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm BJ. I'm Chuck. And this is Bamfcast Out. Wanting to kill a bad guy buys the beer.